0: It's that time again. It's that time again. Yeah, I had a little technical difficulty, but we back. Hey, man, nobody needs to know about that stuff. We're just gonna start the show over from the get go.
1: All right, uh, we'll start the show over the right way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stirring the Pot, episode seven. I am the co-host, Duane, and only, and that on the other end is Mo Mac Attack.
0: Also the co-host and so happy to be here on episode 7 and like I was trying to say I'm so excited about this episode because we're doing movies and I got a movie with 7 in the motherfucking title. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah. Yeah man. Movies obviously has been a big impact on both of our lives. So how should we begin this? Should I start...
0: Yeah, I, I've, you know what, Duan, I'll let you start because I want to, you know, because I have a feeling that we're going to go through our list and we're both going to comment on each other's movies, being that they're probably <laughs> going to be great movies that had impact on our lives growing up. I'm going to say we should go for three uh, each and that, that's probably going to be more than enough time to, uh, you know, to get the discussion rolling. So, yeah, let's start out with one of your movies. Kick it off, my brother. All right. I always love Power
1: Rangers. No, I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) You you caught
0: me for a second. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to comment on that one.
1: Right, right. No, um, a movie that was really big on my childhood, surprising enough, it's two films from the same director, but Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, for me, it's a film that I can watch again and again and again and again. I just love the story, love the soundtrack. It's just one of those films that just is iconic.
0: Yeah, you know what? The, the, the other thing you just mentioned right now, soundtrack. How important is music for those films, man? I could see every one of my movies had some... Maybe not the best music in the world, but they definitely had music as a big part of the film.
1: Right, exactly. And the, the music on Forrest Gump is just... Iconic, totally fits the the period of of the time the movie is taking place. Uh, so much, I so much characters, memorable characters, Lieutenant Dan, Jenna, uh,
0: <laughs> Bubba Shrimp. So so- I love. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you know, I wanted to get me a sh- shrimping boat after I saw that movie, man. I was like, yo, we gonna get some shrimp going. Oh man, yeah, that was a great movie. That is a great movie.
1: Yeah, and I was like, you know, I was young at the time when it came out. So, of course, I wanted to play football every day, try to run like him, but it didn't quite work. I didn't understand. I thought I was running faster than him, but I didn't realize that was movie magic.
0: That is movie magic. And those bionic legs, when he busted off those legs, I was like, yeah. Did you Wait, let me ask you, did you see it in the movie theater or not?
1: I did not see it in the theater. I saw it on, what, maybe HBO or something like that when I was a kid. Yeah, I was one of those kids that watched
0: HBO. And that's why I grew up to be such a wholesome gentleman. Hey, man, whatever works for you. I think that's a great thing, man. Home, Like the home movie box office, that's where it's at. That's where you get your your teachings, man. Like, I think the same thing goes for me through my uh, experience as a kid. I think for the most part movies kind of brought us up. I think there were a lot of lessons learned from the films themselves.
1: Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, it's kind of your first taste of culture outside of your home and your school and the local mall you probably go to. So um, it was always very interesting to me uh, in films, uh, the worlds that they could create. Uh, So, yeah, with Forrest Gump, um, it's just one of those films that always kind of makes me just, you know, like sometimes I'm at detox and I'm cleaning and they're watching the movie and that comes on, I'll I'll stop for a little while just to watch it. So I haven't watched it in a couple of years, actually. I might have to do it again just to refresh my memory because I'm really bad with
0: memory. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, but that's the other thing about that movie. I mean, every scene is such a great scene. It's like a little mini-movie in itself. It's encapsulated, right? And it has, like, a nice like beginning middle and end to every scene. And then the whole overview of the movie is fantastic. What did you like most about that movie? Is it any particular character? Or did you identify with Forrest Gump at any particular time? Because for one thing, you know, it's a white boy in the South. And, eh, you know, I'm not seeing the parallels right off the bat.
1: <laughs> well, What I loved most about this movie was uh, the character of Forrest Gump. Um, For this guy not to be that bright and of intelligence in some ways, he was smarter than a lot of the people and emotionally stronger than a lot of the people he came across. And particularly his relationship with Lieutenant Dan uh, really just stands out to me. You know, you got Lieutenant Dan, this guy who's who's uh, who's. Parents and grand, great grandparents, all, all of them had fought war and died, and he was about to fulfill his destiny. And Gump was like, "No, I'm getting your ass up. I'm taking you to pray <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. He, he really did an amazing job. Um, you know, of breaking that thing. And you felt for both of them at the same time, right? Like, you could have been like, oh, I kind of hate and love Lieutenant Dan at the same time. That's what I thought was great about him. He was never put out there like, oh, he's like a righteous guy, the best character. He was real. You know, like the characters in that movie, although maybe exaggerated, felt real. Yes. If that makes any sense. Yes. Right? And it
1: was so powerful, you know, towards, spoiler alert for any idiot that has not seen the film yet, towards the end of the film. When he's you know he has his wife and he has his prosthetic legs and it seems like he's finally coming to grips with the fact that you know he's making making good on his life and it was just it was a cool moment to see in the film it's just one of those scenes that I'll remember also the scene where uh when just force just kept swimming and he just kept swimming the whole time and yeah it just it was it was a, it just was a cool little film that I loved as a kid in the soundtrack I think that was one of the first times I got exposed to Music like that, you know, uh, here's some way out of here. <laughs> I uh, just, uh, the music, I was like, damn,
0: I like this. So, 60s so. and 70s were an amazing time. man. when you pick out the, like the greatest hits out of those eras, it's some great, right. like some real folk, you know, music, some heartfelt rock going on a uh, fantastic movie. And you got to leave them with this line. And you know, what I love about this is because it's so been true. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how dumb you are. Stupid is as stupid does, right? That's oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know, that's-, that's the the biggest thing. Don't prejudge. That's what I liked about it. It's like, don't prejudge. Wait, watch, and you know what? Don't, you know, his, his persistence. Talk about positivity. Forrest Gump. Persistent, positively, moving forward every moment of the film, man. Nothing, nothing stopped the guy, so I really love that about the film.
1: Exactly. And moving into... Another film by Robert Zemeckis, of course, Back to the Future. This movie changed my whole idea of imagination completely. It just flipped everything. When I seen that movie for the first time, I was just like, first I was like, oh, my God, I got to get those shoes. And then I was just like that car and everything. (laughs) It just was so beyond what I was into at the time as a little ass kid. Marty McFly.
0: Uh, such a good movie. And, and you, you know, it's like you are my IG, man. Whenever I spotted DeLorean, I'd be fucking taking the pictures and shit. You know, there's one cat here in New York City. He's got that shit all decked out like the fucking one from the movie with the boosters and stuff on the back. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it don't it don't fly. But still, I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. Stop. That's I dope. Take a picture it is dope. I was like, whoa. Talk about a kind of classic. Like, see, that movie took one of the shittiest cars ever made in America, you know, made for American markets. And right. just <laughs> made it freaking a classic, like instant classic. Oh, man, those gold wings, the way the doors open up and stuff. Fucking awesome movie. I love that movie, too, man. It's And you know the best part about that movie? I think, and I'm sorry I'm stealing a little bit of thunder. I'm going to let you continue in a second. But the way they had a... Um, I think they invented a mechanism for explaining how your actions impact time, right? When you're doing time travel, how that, you know, with the, basically the, the mechanism was the photo and how people would start fading out of the photo based on what he was what was going on at the time, in the mm-hmm. past, like people in the future. That was some cool shit. It's like, oh, damn. Is, is, he fa- is his mom falling in love for him? And, oh, man. <laughs> so many issues they dealt with, right? Like, I mean... Back to the Future had some crazy... It's like 1984 was the year of time travel. That and The Terminator, which almost made my list, but didn't.
1: Freaking oh. Freaking amaz-
0: um, amazing times in, in the mind's eye, right? Like, 1984, man. And not and just a little bit of trivia, right? Same time, you had Blade Runner. So you have mm. a lot of kind of sci-fi, uh, fantastic stuff going on in 84 for some reason. What a time for cinema, right? My goodness. Yeah, no, I, I'm right, I'm right with you, Duan. These are like these are the films that I, I love too. Not because they're like the uh, Oscar winners or they've done anything like that to advance the art, but they're the ones that leave you feeling something at the end, and you carry it forward for so long, you know?
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, man, I totally agree. And last on my list, I just thought of it now. I mean, of course, we got more classic movies, but. Movie that I watch almost every year, Goodfellas, just, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, Scorsese, De Niro, oh, it just is, it's one of those films, honestly, that I have to watch, like, sometimes I get in my mafioso moods, I want to just watch a bunch of mafia shit, that's how I start the list. I got to start with that, and I just work my way down. No,
0: Goodfellas is bar none one of the, best Scorsese movies hand down, and probably the ultimate gangster movie of the 90s. It just set the tone, man. It set the tone. And I want to say that it's more dirty and gritty. It's not like, you know, gangster, um, you know, they weren't glamorizing it that much. It it almost felt like, it almost felt like, man, this guy's life is so fucked up. Why would you ever want to go down this route? But At the same time, you can see the camaraderie, um, you know, those relationships, how they changed over time. And the acting was just fucking amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. Fucking
0: acting. Oh, my God. Am I funny?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Iconic moments that is so often imitated, right?
0: Oh, oh, yeah, man. Those scenes, you know, you bring them with you. How am I funny? Am I funny like a clown? (laughs) That's what you think? You remind me of, of, of Joe Pesci, man. Joe Joe Pesci that's what I was doing man I was doing the Joe Pesci when I'm a little guy like him I could be mm, I'm uh, you know I was right there behind him I'm like oh yeah I could rock that <laughs> <laughs> Joe Pesci was that really that made him stand out man that scene he stole it yeah I mean man fucking shine box I mean iconic mm. scene after iconic scene after iconic scene so Six. what was your favorite part about that movie um Of course,
1: there's a lot of great scenes, but I would say what I really loved about it was that sort of um, like that fourth wall breaking narrative that uh, Henry Hill provides, you know, it's just it's just so it was just so cool in a way and so different as a film to watch, especially at the end, the court scene when he's explaining, you know, the life that he had and they were doing this and this and that, but it was over and he was saying how everybody's taking deals and et cetera, and how he's going to be getting moved to a different... I just love that part of the scene where he's just talking to the camera.
0: That's probably one of my favorite scenes in the film, in a weird way. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean, that that whole mechanism of talking to the camera, bringing the audience in. I mean, that was one of the movies that I felt like I was living it with them for a lot of the the, the time, you know what I mean? Like, I was along for the ride, like not just watching it from the outside, like you said, you're like breaking through that fourth wall, getting into the scenes with the guys. I felt like I was right there most of the time. It's amazing. It's amazing work.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, I could go on and on, but I'm curious to hear your list. Let's hear it from the old school cat, man.
0: All right, man. You know what? You know, I kept it kind of old school. Now I'm feeling bad that we went full three, 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 three joints on you and now three joints on me because – my movies just ain't as cool, so... <laughs> no, they have some value to it. I know they got some. they just not that cool. But let me go through my list. Let me go through my list so you don't feel bad. First of all, for all the people that don't know, I'm going to start with the corny but iconic at the same time. I'm going to break the rules to one. I know we went three for three, but I got combination movies. And you're going to hate me for it, but what the hell. Let's do it. All my right. First, my first set is the Kung Fu Flicks. No, this is, this is instrumental. This is probably before I was 11 years old. The Kung Fu flicks were big back when I was a kid and super influential. And, of course, you know the two I'm talking about for sure. Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, yeah. And that was corny, but still, you know. That, was, that movie
1: was dope.
0: I can't wait till we talk about that. When I was a kid, yes, that movie and... For, for similar reasons, entered the Dragon. Bruce Lee, dude, I never wanted to be somebody more than Bruce Lee. Like when I saw that movie, yo, man, I was trying to do everything, Bruce Lee. That's why I worked on my abs. I was doing like 100 sit-ups a day. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: All that shit, because I wanted those bodies. You know you wanted to be rocking those bodies. And let me tell you, you know, I think I broke more shit in the house after seeing those movies, trying to do karate kicks, punches and shit. but but the the thing that i liked you know the thing i liked about enter the dragon is how bruce brought out his philosophy but you know on paper if you said yo there's a five foot seven asian dude who's such a badass that he make you tremble in his boots i would never believe it but bruce did that in the movie man when he was like and you know what's cool about that movie too the one thing that I, it, it's like... It's the build-up. They knew how to build up the bad guy. They made O'Hara. There was this guy called O'Hara who was the bodyguard yeah. In um, out there on the island. And Bruce has to deal with fighting this guy. In fact, one of the main reasons he goes out there is to try to get revenge for his sister that commits suicide before this dude O'Hara rapes her. So, wow. Isn't that deep, right? So, he has to face this dude in a fight. And... I got to tell you the coolest thing about it is Bruce beats the crap out of this guy, right? Not even not even the guy doesn't even get to touch him. And at the end of that fight Bruce walks away like, yeah, I beat him. And then he tries to cheat. And that's when Bruce is like, "Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Trying to cheat? Trying to get he like breaks to glass bottles, and he's wrecked at this point. He can't do shit, but Bruce is like, oh, man, it's time to go. I'm going to take you to school, and he kills the motherfucker, and you know, uh, ooh, when that happened, I was like, oh, damn, mm. Tylo, this guy is king, man. So that movie, what I loved about that is, like, it kind of taught, kind of taught us about right, wrong, revenge, and how to really be a man, you know, how to stand up for... You know, doing the right thing. Because he did, in fact, step away from it. He said, you know, the conflict's over. I want to fight fair and square. That's right. But he gave him a whooping. But when the guy tried to come at him with a glass to try to kill the guy, he was like, all right, you brought it on yourself, man. Let me teach you a real lesson. Boom. Um, and for similar reasons, the same thing happens in blood sport. The one thing I like about Bloodsport sport, it's a little more kiddie. It's aimed at young adults. Not young adults. That's like teenagers. I'm talking about preteens, probably like you know, fourteen and under. Right. Uh, it's like a fun movie. It's called Bloodsport. Honestly, there's not that much blood in it. It's a little bit of comedy thing. It has this cool camaraderie between Jean-Claude Van Damme's character and uh, his boy. Uh, I forget what his name is in the film, but it's like the big dude. First, <laughs> you know, the Harley American. Guy. First, I want to
1: preface: what? Enter the Dragon. We gotta remember there was no Marvel movies at the time, no cinematic universes. It was the action choreography up until that point was very stiff. Bruce Lee brought a whole different style. It was brand new for you. you as a kid seeing that for the first time, shit. That was something you I had never seen
0: before, right? Yeah, I mean in the seventies, I can't even imagine what was there before that. Like you'd never seen martial arts like that, right? Yeah, let's get into it. The choreography, amazing. First of all, the one thing I liked about it is the fights look real. You ain't got a guy taking, like, 50 hits to the head and still, you know, like Rocky. Right. I'm going to knock you out. You know, like, come on now. I mean, I know <laughs> boxers are supposed to take a lot. But, you know, they, they're taking, like, straight up uppercuts in just, like, 50 in a row. Right. And they're still standing. Nah, man. It ain't going to go down like that. So, the fighting, the knockouts looked real. And let's be real. Bruce Lee had the fucking flip kick. The dude grabs his leg to try to freaking floor the guy. Bruce, with his other leg, flips in the air and kicks... Like it, There ain't no freaking tricks to this, either. Mm. It ain't like the Karate Kid mm. where, you know, they use it angles and some wicked Talk tricks. to him, man. Dude. Talk to him. He fucking flips. He does a backflip and kicks the dude in the head. Like, it's still one of the most amazing fight scenes ever in cinema. I, I'm, I, I don't think many have come close. I mean, they can with, like, tricks... And wires and stuff like that uh, in the 80s and 90s. But I don't think anybody has come close to Bruce's both actual acting ability and martial arts skill, right? Like that is. And another thing I wanted to touch on is that Bruce, his shit was so
1: brand new, he had to help. He had to help direct the scenes and shit. He wasn't just no actor that just got picked out of a. A littering like oh we'll use you for our no he's like okay I'm bringing this we gonna have to do it this way because at the guy remember in the seventies this wasn't that common people weren't even really used to martial art films at that time so he
0: pretty much oh no would. this was. Put it on the map. It's a brand new venture. Basically, he was getting his, you know, the the skills he learned in the Hong Kong movie industry. He brought him over here. I mean, he was always into movies. That's not let's not front. Bruce was, you know, like he's not just an actor, right? He's a philosopher, educated guy and and was all about like real amazing work. That's what that's why you got to admire the guy. I mean, it shows up. That's what I'm talking about. Those abs, you know, like one of the lines in the movies and again, quotable movies, right? Gentlemen. We forge our bodies in the fire of our will, mm. right? Like that's, that's essential, man. That shows like you're putting the work in and you could see it. Hey, these abs ain't painted on, man. Exactly. <laughs> this, this takes real work. Um, and it shows up in the film too. I mean, you know, fucking first class all the way. Right. And the same thing kind of goes for the Van Damme movie. I mean, Bloodsport at the time, although more kiddie, more hokey, more fun, Um had another good, you know, kind of cool story about you know getting revenge for the family honor and all that stuff. So love both movies because of that, man. The martial arts scene, those were my picks. I hate to say it, of course. Now as an adult, Bloodsport. If I watch it, you know, I gotta laugh at myself a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> like what the fuck was I thinking? But let me tell you, <laughs> you though, know, about Bloodsport a little bit.
1: See, I, what, one of the things I remember most was Street Fighter. When they were playing that game, oh my god, I was like, mm. oh shit, because it was. People don't understand now. It's so ubiquitous now with video games and shit. But Bloodsport in the hood, man, we love mm. Bloodsport, man. The training scenes when he had his legs with the fucking <laughs> trees and shit. The ropes. And the music. Yes, the music yes. ooh, that music. Ooh! Every person in the hood knows that scene. We all know that Yo. scene. That is
0: our How about the
1: modern day Into oh. the Dragon for us, shit.
0: I hear you. That's the same way I felt about it. How about that dude? Remember that Jack dude from Iran or wherever he was from? And he's like, this is American that make trick with bricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he was, he, he was, I mean, okay, that's a little stereotypical, or whatever. But hey, man, they're, they're in Hong Kong. These guys don't speak English. Um, and he's like, all right, if we, you know, like that whole deal with the coin, taking the coin out of his hand before he closes. Yes. Ooh, what? Yo, you know, after I saw that, I was like, yo, you know what I'm gonna do? Dude, check this out. I practice. I could catch flies in my hand. I'm serious about this. A fly? You see a fly? One out of two times. No, two out of ten times I could catch that fly, bro. I'm serious because I practice that shit. (laughs) And and nobody believes me, man. You see a fly buzzing? I'll be like, wait. Oh, especially if it lands. If it lands, it's caught. It's caught, man. It ain't getting away from me, man. I got the snatch. I practiced the snatch. And Mickey don't believe me. I know. It sounds crazy. I did it in front of her. She's like, no way. She, be- she better so have impressive. given you a kiss after that. No, no. She's like, wash your dirty hands, man. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but, But to, my, to save me. If the flies in the house I, I take it outside and i let it go i'm like all right you know i'm gonna let you know i'm gonna let some bird feed on this or whatever but i'm not killing the fly right but that's how i do man we we don't take the exterminator approach we <laughs> take the liberator approach <laughs> i'm serious yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see what their movies do to you the movies get you crazy you're right too.
1: man everybody was trying to fight after that too oh man that was, oh, oh what was yeah. that one scene where the dude came out. What was his name? Like the main villain dude. Bolo. Bolo. Yeah, Bolo. yeah. Bolo. 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 What, what the, wasn't that what they were cheering his name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We used to always say that. Bolo. Bolo. Dude, I'll tell you how bad it was. You know, like when I did Taekwondo and shit, you go to tournament, tournaments and shit. I had these kids. There were some bad kids. We go with. <laughs> Yo, we get a knockout and shit. We do that thing where Bolo be flexing his hands down and shit. It's yes. just like. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Fucking evil kids, man. we bad kids, man. I you felt, know what's crazy? That.
1: that movie was like very extremely loosely based off of the
0: real dude, Frank, whatever his name yes. is. Yes. Frank Dukes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, still, I believe he holds those records. Uh, I mean, they played him at the end of the, the movie: fastest knockout, less than ten seconds, or whatever it is. Fastest punch with a knockout, and fastest kick with a knockout. Mm. Like, yeah, shit, man, that's that's some real deal shit. I mean, wow. Um, How do you feel so, yeah, about also, Van Dam? How do you feel about him in this? Dude, I want to see the new series of Van Johnson. The thing he's doing, Van Johnson on Prime, think- Amazon Prime, right? i Prime. Yes, yes, I love this stuff. The one thing I love about Van Damme, honestly, he did that J, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the whole, the movie, yeah. where it pokes fun at his own life. Right. I really like that about him, you know. He, he knows what he's done, man. And, yeah, he was iconic and great in his time. Good-looking dude, right? Had the muscles, muscles from Russell, had the titles. Yeah. He fucked up, you know, in real life, drug problems, whatnot, divorce, divorce. Uh, not the best life but you know a lot of people have gone through that yeah and i I like the fact that he could bring that and poke fun of it at the same time and just be like yo i've lived my life you know i'm an older dude now i still like the martial arts like he still gets up and trains yeah so i still have a lot of respect for him i mean i think you know being where he was and he could have let it all go downhill but he's trying to rise back up so i think he's making amends for the mistakes he's made but still living off the stuff that he loves to do best, which is the martial arts. So I I still give him a thumbs up. I think the guy's cool enough.
1: I agree. I I echo your sentiments. I'm looking forward to that prime thing too. I
0: haven't actually watched that JVCD
1: yet. I'm going to have to watch that one of these days.
0: It's not a bad film. I mean, it's not like super amazing, but he actually the difference about that film is that he acts and right. He's captured. He's not the superhero Van Damme when he's captured in the bank robbery. That's what's cool about it. He's like a regular dude. Right. So, you know, he's scared. Shit goes down. It's it's cool. It's worth to watch. I say watch it. Definitely. If you, you know, you got some uh, put it on your list. Let it come up one night and just go to go to town, you know, because Van Damme still in my book still cool enough, man. Oh, yeah. Don't 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 doubt. Now, what is this last movie of
1: yours? man? I really want to hear about this.
0: Oh, see, see now those were two films, but that was a cheat because that was just one section of mine. That's that's why I know you're going to kill me. I got I got two more coming up, but we're going to go easy through the next one. Let me (laughs) give you the Magnificent Seven breakdown. The Magnificent Seven and Robocop are my next two. Why? Ooh. Magnificent Seven, Western. Ooh, when I was a kid, that shit taught me all about being a man. Magnificent <laughs> Seven. Right? Like, doing the right thing, standing up against impossible odds now. Let's be real. The movie is super racist. You got them in Mexico. They one Mexican guy <laughs> in the movie back then. In fact, the leader of the Mexican bad dudes is a Jewish guy. <laughs> that's, that's how bad things were back then in Hollywood. But... The Magnificent Seven is a boatload of fun. I haven't seen the remake. I kind of want to see that because Denzel takes on the, the lead role of uh, what you might call it uh, the Cajun that Yul Brenner plays. And little known fact, Yul Brenner, I think I got a little resemblance to the man about his height, the baldness. You know, <laughs> you know that's that's what I try to tell Mickey because that's her favorite you know actor out there out in the old days. I'm like, yo, baby, I, she like nah. Nah, don't, <laughs> don't make me sing some you Smashing Pumpkins on you right now. Right. You ain't no Yul like, Now, I must uh, admit, I have not seen the magnificence of it. Well, the old one's gonna be a little bit, you know, it's gonna feel dated. It's a little slow, but it's still got some classic lines. You got Steve McQueen in there, Charles Bronson. I mean, for its time, it was full on machismo, machismo, machismo. Other known fact about the movie is I didn't know this until recently, until I took Japanese cinema. But The Magnificent Seven is based on The Seven Samurai, which was a Kurosawa film. Oh, right, And right. so, you know, it has the lineage. It has some really good storylines, you know, because there are multiple storylines going in there. You know, that's what makes the movie interesting. The Magnificent Seven. Each guy has his own faults, you know, doing the thing for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so the original The Seven Samurai was based on the fact that at some point in Japanese history... Uh, Basically, you know, the government took over and they did away with all, like, feudal land and stuff like that. It, it became, like, a federal government. Mm. So there was no need for samurais. So all these dudes that were samurais overnight became unemployed. Now, was this right? around the time when, like, they started
1: to modernize and, like, have, like, actual yes. guns and weapons and right. shit?
0: Yes. Right, right, right. It, basically, they kind of did away with samurais and there were a lot of, you know, at that time, there was a lot of strife in Japan. And in mm. fact, they actually went to a town where, um, a town, I call it a town. I mean, I guess it's a town a village, a castle, uh, um, Aiz Wakamatsu, where they actually had, a, a, like, a, a, you know that movie? Oh, it was with Tom Cruise. I forget what it was, but Ken what The Last was in Samurai? The, the Last Samurai, that was in that town. i had no idea. So, you know, oh, they wow. held out, basically. Yeah, amazing history. The castle, amazing. Like, you see these places, and it's like, wow, so many people lived and died here, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. the honor and all those things, right? <laughs> Unreal. But, um, that's a little bit off-subject, but uh, I kind of went into a fourth movie, which I wasn't supposed to do. But <laughs> it's savvy, it's I mean. all good. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But, but Ma- Magnificent Seven. I can't say enough good things about it when I was a kid because it just made me smile. You know, like everything that goes down in the movie, how it builds up, how the characters develop, how they help each other out. And, you know, basically at the end of the movie, the, the, whole, the whole premise is a, a couple of them die, you know, and... They kind of know they're gonna die right but they do it for the villagers basically you know there's this whole thing about getting money and stuff like that they're trying to get paid because they're unemployed Mm -hmm. like that's how the samurai story went but basically at the end of the movie you know a couple of them die they don't get much money and they really look at each other and say you know the only people that won here are the villagers because they took care of the bad guys and stuff like that but you know that's what doing the right thing is you know it's that selfless act that made that movie like yes these motherfuck you know, and they have so many cool scenes I can't begin to explain to you, but I think that's what Japanese movies do well. And you'll see that in Japanese animation. Uh, they do a really good job of setting up a bad guy to be super bad, right? Like, right. Uh, undefeatable bad guy. And then you have the hero step in and take him out. So, they, you know, they really, I don't know how to explain it, but they really give somebody uh, respect real quick. Like, when, when the hero takes him out, you, you see his level get, you know, like, his status get raised immediately to, like, wow, just do this. A fucking badass. Yeah. So, I, I really love that about those movies, And I also picked RoboCop because it's along the same lines. It's kind of like a modern-day cowboy thing. But what I loved about that is that movie got me into sci-fi and computers, Juan. Like, wow. at the time. Yeah, at the time, come on. RoboCop, he was, like, you know dead or alive you come coming with me like the dude was it was cool because it was a cyborg he had the, you know like he had a human head but the rest of him was all robot and shit like right i don't know it was it was it was another fantasy adventure sci-fi tale and it just had the right movie you know the the story just went through perfectly like the dude you know gets killed, loses his family, they bring him back to life. It's a resurrection story. You know, he's out there in, in the field doing his robot things, but then his human side takes over. I mean, so many elements that make that movie so good to watch. And, you know, this discovery of him, like, knowing... What happened to him was fucking amazing, you know. Like, I mean, the bad guys weren't even so bad, but because the movie set them up the way they did, oh my god. You know, it was
1: it was one of those things. And talk about a ballsy move to where the bad guys actually get the upper hand. They blast in his ass to bits. You know, it's not it, oh yeah. You know how most movies are where, you know, that it's usually a shootout and they don't really shoot the 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 good guy, the protagonist. They, they barely would get a shot off on them. but and they, and they started almost in the beginning, the middle of the movie. So that's a really ballsy move that you don't see too much in modern day, in the recent films.
0: And you know what else I liked about them? Also, in that movie, by the way, the first car I ever owned was the XR40i. They had it in the movie oh, as a futuristic car. Yeah. So, oh, shit. Right there, like uh, I was like, I didn't even know I was influenced that way by the movie. But they got me, man. They got me. Um, also the thing that was super cool was the girl partner, female partner. Yes, I had a crush on her. At the end. Yes, yes, that short hair, that curly short. she was cute as hell, man. And she, she basically saves his ass at the end. And like you said, the the upper hand, the ultimate upper hand is when he goes to take down the CEO and he has the fourth directive. You don't even know what the fourth directive, prime directive is until the end. And he can't arrest anybody that works for the company mm. that made him oh, shit i was like oh he's fucked and then they bring out that Ed 209 thing i mean it just had so many elements again just plot characters the satire um, wow satire yeah it's, it's it's a fantastic movie man okay. it just did a lot of things right and it's better than the remakes i hate to say it man but the, remakes, oh, the remake is the, trash like, oh my goodness it was trash. so bad it's so bad i know i and you know what's even killing me like sometimes isn't it' amazing when the first movie's made, and then you see the sequel, and you're thinking, "Oh, they got better special effects, more money." The the, and the sequels never live up, yeah. man. It's it, it's one of those movies where everything was right. The script was right, the actors were right. The, everything was set up. Just it's an amazing movie. And I don't even know who directed it, but I'm gonna tell you that I'm in love. As far as like, Kitty, easy to understand movie that I can watch again and again. Those are two of my favorites. I will always stop and watch those movies. And now, are you ready for my final film?
1: Let's hear it. Let's hear this final film.
0: The final film is the original Night of the Living Dead by George A. Romero. And the reason I bring this one up is because I brought it up in Anchor before. It's one of the films that made me realize that I was dumb. I don't want to say racist, but I guess it is racist because they had the protagonist as... A dashing black man. Like, I've never seen that before. I was watching a lot of films. Now, this film was, uh, I guess, I saw it when I was really young. Like, in in middle school, right? I I took this class, horror science fiction, Yeah. And they put up the film. And I, I didn't even realize. I was like, the one thing I liked, it was George A. Romero. He did it independently. So, no budget. Horror movie. And the best thing about horror movies is they talk about real-life class struggles and things like that. Like yeah. one of the main things, especially the zombie songs. And the, the deal with that movie is like, who are the real monsters? Is it the zombies or each of us trying to survive? You know, when they were put in that house oh. and you got a black, black man taking the lead. And then there's all this struggle with the other white dudes in there trying to you know, fight for control. It's like, you guys got to fight zombies. Why don't you just fucking partner up? and go with it you know so that movie just had a lasting impression on me and the end of the movie just broke my heart so for anybody that hasn't seen it i don't think you are going to watch it but i gotta tell you it's one of those movies that just you know how long ago was that junior high school you know we're talking well over 30 years ago right or maybe 20 something you know and i still remember a lot of that movie like you know shot for shot Mm -hmm. i actually seen that one time so it's an amazing movie it's one of those movies that just make you go oh damn Hollywood's so fucking racist
1: <laughs> <laughs> and for you young kids out there think of The Walking Dead but it was what, what was a big inspiration for The Walking Dead
0: right it's one of the original zombie flicks that I mean I don't know if it was the, but it started the modern zombie right. flick tale so Right, that's what's cool about it cool about it very cool uh, survival the small house you know, all the struggles. And at the end, you know, you really got to ask yourself who the real monsters are. You know, was it the humans or was it the zombies? That's what I really like about that movie. It made you think a lot. That's what a great lot. movies do,
1: right? They, they give you this scene. that It makes it seem like this is, like, unrealistic. It's not real. Zombies don't exist. But it's what is going on with the characters and the plot that feels familiar. And when movies do it and execute it right, they're able to give you these messages in ways of which, like you said, with the zombies, the zombies can actually symbolize something else. Right. And.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's all around us. Right. Yeah.
1: It's something we see every day, but we just it's, it's just it's different for everybody. You know, so like you were saying, like, who are the real monsters, the zombies or the humans?
0: Exactly. And the other cool thing is, you know, what happens? What do you do when your family member, like the person you love most, turns into a zombie? Because it's going to happen. you know? Right. So that's something like, you know, do you go into animal survival mode or do you back down and crumble and, and fall victim to, you know, knowing what's real? Like, are they are they really a monster? Or, are they, you know, like it's hard. It's hard to make that distinction. That fuzziness right. is what I like about it. That fuzziness. And then when
1: you really take it to a deep level and like great art has this way of doing it. Zombies can symbolize it some way when people turn and they become this person that you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do when that oh, happens? Yeah. So you could that's what great movies can do. They could just, you can make the story into so many different, like, I'm already getting into my rap line right now. I'm thinking about a way I can make a rap song about, like, a zombie. And people will just think, oh, he's talking about zombies. But really another person be like, oh, no, he's talking about us.
0: Yep, yep. And that's what, like you said, that's what great movies do, especially in the horror sci-fi, because they don't really deal with character stories, like, because, of course, the events are so extreme. So everything is a abstract of what's around us right now. So they deal with that bigger picture, like populations, uh, you know, at the time, it's probably class struggles, you know, Uh, they had militias that were being set up and shit like that. So Many things that were just going around at the time, because, I mean, it was done in the 60s. So, you know, you had the civil rights movement. Yeah. So a a lot of that probably filtered its way into the movie and stuff that was going on. So, you know, that all comes, you know, what is our modern society made of? And the other thing that I love about zombie movies is, you know, how fragile is modern society? Oh, yeah, exactly that's another thing like you could just take and say hmm man if shit went down what the fuck would i do how much we depend on
1: technology electronics oh it wouldn't take much to contaminate that all
0: i mean the truth is as we go forward in the future to one it's we're more reliant on the shit than ever before so yeah man it gets it gets real scary real fast um but speaking about hollywood man you know what i um, i want to take it is you know about all these old movies, you know what I've noticed the difference with the older movies is I mentioned some really old movies the interesting thing to me is that the character range of the main characters were an older age back then than there is now, like it seems like you know, the the newer the movie is, the younger the fucking main character is, you got CEO dudes being 25 you know and let's not only mention that it's always the leading man hardly do you always have you know, a protagonist that's female Come on now. Right. I mean, all the movies that we mentioned, it's always leading men. There was not one movie, unfortunately, that had a leading female role. Very rare. Very rare.
1: Yeah. Hollywood and the ageism is really, really a problem in modern day. Like you were mentioning, you know, you could go back then. You can see movies where, you know, guys are balding, they're already balding, and it's not a big deal because it was more about the craft and the acting. And the people who were deciding what movies were being made were people who were fans of film. It wasn't about market research and um, crowdsourcing as it is today.
0: Right. I mean, the, the people were just good at the craft. They were either like theater actors probably that came out and, you know, started to get into film and were great film actors. And, you know, they just had longevity. Cary Grant. Oh, my God. You see him in so many movies. And the dude honestly got handsome as he got older, kept his hair. All right. Cool. <laughs> right. cool I get you, Cary. But, um, you know, he just had a much longer career than I see nowadays. I mean, here nowadays, if you're really great, you lucky you get a 20 year span. That's lucky, man. And it's even shorter for women. Women, I think they're done in like eight to 10 years oh, yeah. if they're lucky. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And how about this? How does it spill out into our lives? You know, I feel like that need to be young, look young, is plastered everywhere you go.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Um, the, the need to look young and, and look youthful. I mean, social media, obviously, Instagram, I mean, Nowhere more prevalent than that. The surgery people are getting, even younger people are getting surgery right now, to look young.
0: Yeah, like, isn't this chick Megan Fox? Isn't she young as hell? She's like, I don't know, like 30 something. And I think she's had multiple surgeries that make her look like some of the chicks that are, and I shouldn't say chicks, ah, oh, man, some of the women that are like 50 plus trying to get the plastic surgery. I mean, what? I, I don't understand. You don't you ladies don't really need I guess they do, but I wish they didn't. Right. I mean it's just it's just part of the job. You have no choice but to try to I mean, honestly it's like the athletes taking steroids, you know, mm-hmm. to still to still hang with them young guns. Yeah. I mean there's there's no difference about it. You know, you do anything you can to still stay in the game.
1: One thing that we have coming out that's a benefit for the older crowd is like you know what tv's doing netflix hulu they're taking more risky steps in uh in work so they don't mind trying to get somebody who maybe is a little older for the 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 big screen you know
0: yeah well that 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 is a good thing i i told you yeah like they're taking a different approach to the demographic they're looking to tune in because they know okay it's a big difference to get somebody to go to the movie theater than it is to get somebody to flick on their Hulu's, Mm -hmm. right? And that's a good thing, right? Like having that uh, ability to deliver content in a different way, like on these small screens, what we're going to, the YouTube generation where people could just make shit and have it blow up on their own. Yeah. We're talking a whole different world coming up. Yeah, we just mentioned John-Claude Van Damme, Prime, Amazon Prime.
1: He got his own series, not like, you know, it's a big deal, you know?
0: Yeah, and I hope it's successful. I really do. I hope it's successful. I mean, you know, they're banking on some of his own, like, old dudes like me, the old client base, yeah, the right. old fandom <laughs> coming through. But, hey, why not? Why not? You know, let, let's give some of that nostalgia. Let's poke fun at the guy. Let's hope he makes something cool because, you know what? I saw that Van- Jean-Claude Van Johnson thing. It's actually a cool little scenario he's playing. He's playing, like, a dude... That's a secret agent, but he uses his, you know, movie star film role to go to different countries and get in there, you know, to make the films. But he's actually in there to do like secret agent stuff. So it's kind of it's kind of funny spoof.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And I think I'd rather watch him than what Arnold Schwarzenegger's is doing these days.
0: His old ass needs to sit down. Yeah, he do, though, man. I, I hate to say it, but <laughs> my man looking tired. He. he <laughs> He's going to be working them arms out in the wheelchair soon enough, man, because you're looking tired. Stallone
1: Stallone always had the the acting chops. He had a good eye for, you know, work.
0: So he's still doing his thing. But, yeah, Schwarzenegger, I don't know, man. Yeah, he's only got the voice. He should do them voice acting joints because that's about it, man. It's over. It's over for the luck. It's over. Look like he'd been put through the microwave and then <laughs> rolled out. Right. <laughs> look at me being an ageist, man. Look, I'm going to look like him in like 10 years <coughs> and then I should cry because that's just not right.
1: Enjoy but speaking now. of
0: the look, oh. I am enjoying it now. I Speaking of the look, let's get into the look, right? We were supposed to talk about dating, we're talking about ageism. And I feel like we're, you know, the older crowd. Not that we have much dating going on right now, but you're you, you you're right there, Duan. You're single and, uh, you know, on the prowl, potentially.
1: Yes, <laughs> so, I, I would like to think so. You know, these days, I don't really know what I am. But, yes, times definitely have changed in the dating world. You got all these colorful little stupid apps where you can swipe left or right with what you like and they all swiping left on my black ass.
0: But you always swiping right, man. You never know when that lottery... (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'll be swiping right no matter what. Yeah, I hear you, dog. I hear you, dog, with the apps. I mean, I think this is what's interesting. You've been online for a long time, though, the way you say it. You've been there since the very get-go. You've seen a lot of stuff happen. Mm -hmm. And... Even Astric Wifey, no name's name, but Astra Wifey, you kind of met in the online realm. Yes, yes. Met on MySpace. You want to talk a- All right. Met, met on MySpace. How'd that go? How, how'd you guys kick it off? Let me just ask you that.
1: Well, at this time in my life, young Juan, this was probably 10 years ago, I was in the prime shape of my life. I was just doing my thing. I was working. Uh, I mean, I started, just started kind of working, so... I was I was enjoying life at that time. So when ASIA came about, she actually found my page first. Cause I had it as Nerd Love Clothing. I was doing my little clothing line at the time. So Ooh, all right. Yeah, all so right. she found that, she liked it, and, and I was doing my little rap and music at the time too. So I was trying to do everything basically. And she was oh. liking what she was seeing, and we talked a little bit, but she wasn't telling me that she thought I looked good or whatever. But um yeah we talked and one thing led to another and we ended up meeting up she was one of those types she didn't want to talk on the phone all day we must have had maybe two conversations on the phone and we just met up and the day I met her I was actually just got done meeting this other little thing bang
0: (laughs) (laughs) so your testosterone was up you was probably feeling good and confident oh Oh, yeah i can see it now yeah i met her and
1: um she just she just had a hold on me i we just was you know we just were inseparable and we ended up becoming a couple and then that's where all these
0: lovely five kids came from oh man but let me ask you this on the player game now you could answer truthfully or not it's up to you but did you drop all the other pursuits when you met this girl were you just like i'm locking in that's it Yes,
1: I did. Almost instantly. Um, Oh, nice. Nice. Yes.
0: So you knew.
1: You knew. You knew. It's it's obvious. I knew. I knew I was going to be only talking with her. I knew that was the case. Now, her, on the other hand, she had a couple little guys that was a little mad that I was uh, in her life, but they, they 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 knew better. They see me. They're like, oh shit, he's big dude. I can't mess with him.
0: <laughs> I can't step to this guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they, they, yeah, they didn't look. For, they didn't want to open up a, a life insurance policy right quick, right? They they want to. They keep it moving. Let's just keep it moving, guys. Keep things fluid. But let me ask you this, right? So this is interesting. What I think is is like telling to me is dating for me is always like you gotta see the chemistry in real life with the person, mm-hmm. right? no matter what. So how do you think these apps let that shit happen? Like, how do you think it's working out for these kids nowadays? Were they trying to get their dating game going? I just don't think it's the same world.
1: I think, honestly, the way that I was into social media 10 years ago is even 10 times more for today's culture, today's youth and generation, because they grew up with touchscreens, you know? I mm-hmm. didn't have a touch mm-hmm. screen until I was in my twenties. You know, they had it now, and they teenagers and little ass kids and shit. So Truth. they're so adapt Truth. and used to that culture that, if anything, in a weird way, they prefer that more. That's probably how they're going to be asking people to prom, and they're going to be in person. It's going to be on Snapchat or their Instagram.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's it's probably more natural to go to the screen, to go to the text, to go to that way of communication as opposed to, you know, that, that nervous, you know, you know, maybe they're just doing some likes or whatever to get the girl's attention. Right. And maybe friending or unfriending or friending friends. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to, I mean, I can't see it. One thing I'm glad though. I'm going to tell you what I'm glad about. I cannot see myself getting back into the dating game. (laughs) I think I'm too, like Schwarzenegger, I'm too tired for this game, man. I cannot rock it. I'm I'm done. It's a vicious game too, ain't it? Yo, see, this is what I don't think anybody knows. I, I don't think most guys know. I bet you if they knew the statistics of how the girls, how much they're getting in their inbox daily, oh, like it don't yeah. matter. Oh, it don't matter if she's beautiful or not. Trust me. Trust me. They're like 10 to 200 guys daily trying to match to this girl, man. I bet you. I bet you. Nonstop. So... I don't know, what did they do? How did they get somebody's attention? What would you do, DuJuan? Let me ask you, what would you do to get a girl's attention nowadays?
1: What I would not do is send a penis picture. (laughs) Okay. I won't do that. Um, Honestly, I just would take a little glance at their profile, throw that in the little convo, and just get something going. Just say something clever and witty, and
0: that usually is my ticket. All right. And let me ask you this. Would you do anything with your profile? Um, would, you, would you maybe get some, you know, some pictures of you in your prime? Because you said 10 years ago with your prime, would you possibly use that move to up your chances, quote unquote?
1: Hell no. I ain't catfishing anybody. I don't want to disappoint <laughs> nobody.
0: I know, right? Isn't that catfishing? God damn, <laughs> is that catfishing? And I think a lot of people talk about it. And you think only women would do this. Maybe. I don't know. But I bet you there's so many guys doing it, too. There's so many guys doing the catfish move, man. Ah, and let me tell you something. I'm feeling kind of guilty because, you know, i worked some angles in some of my shots here and again. You know, <laughs> trying to look younger. Uh-huh. Make the baldness more appealing. Make that head slope less slopey. You know, all this shit. So, um, I don't know. At what point is it catfishing? And at what point is it, you know, you're trying to make the best of what you got?
1: <laughs> I would say it's catfishing if the picture is like three, more than three years old. All right. All right. Good. Yeah. And you what can't else, what be else? using family relatives and say, oh, that was my cousin. You, no, no, we can't do that. No,
0: no cousins. True. No cousins. No, no. Genetic you know, uh, stand-ins, it's got to be you, agreed. And please don't get no random celebrity. Why would you do that? That's just crazy. They're going to know. Come on, they're going to know it's just if it's a random celebrity, right? That's just ridiculous. You can't do that. Um, or some fashion model or some model right, from something yeah. else. You cannot, you cannot use somebody else's picture. Now, what about um, uh, augmenting your own picture? Filters, backgrounds, what else? Filters is okay,
1: but those Snapchat right. filters that like actually, like mo like they shape your face a little bit. Yeah, that's a little too much.
0: Yeah, the ones that make your eyes bigger, like remove wrinkles and shit. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. That it. Right. That's a little sorcery. That's too much sorcery going on. <laughs> that's just too much, right? Or the ones I seen shit that slim your face down. Oh. You lose like 20 pounds with just the like filters and shit. Like, oh, damn. Some
1: people, you don't really know what they look like. They're going, if they go missing, ain't nobody going to be able to identify.
0: (laughs) 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 Yo, I wonder if they find my ass. That's what you got me thinking. I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Is my shit that bad that they ain't going to find my ass? No, no, I know, I know what you're saying. It's, it's, but it's a crazy world out there. I feel like. You don't, like you see so many pictures, like they're saying, that, "What's the deal with social media?" Right? You see everybody at their best. You're thinking, "Motherfucker, what do I gotta do to compete with these people to get that edge, to get some attention?" Right. Um. But I, I you know what, like, if it was me, I would have to, do, you know, I would have to be truthful and use my own, you know, ugly ass face, you know, <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> to take a to take a little bit of a, a word from, you know. The man himself, um, Big, and go with you know bald and ugly as ever. But however, <laughs> I'm staying coochie to the side. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, you know I would have to go with my my comedy. You know with with these girls, and I have to tell you, if I really wanted somebody's attention, I think the only way to get it now is to be a fucking asshole right off the bat. Because mm. there are too many guys being sweet kissing up on these girls and you know what they've seen all that shit before but if you come out with you fucking bitch or something like that just to ca- grab their attention to to get them off their game i think that's the only way to get the attention man because otherwise you just live in limbo land. you n- nobody gonna pay attention to you like you gotta do something extreme uh you know without being a stalker or without killing somebody to get anybody's attention nowadays i think that's the that's 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 the bottom line. Now
1: you know, Lori of Insatiable is gonna kill your ass.
0: You, well, if she listened this far, I don't think she's in it for this long though. I don't think she ever listened to this <laughs> episode this far in. <laughs> <laughs> but why, why? do you say she might kill my ass? Come on, give it to me. Give it to me, real, Dewan. Um, she probably might not. Who knows? But who knows? <laughs> you think oh uh, you think if i if i you know was disrespectful to her off the off the first thing she would just not pay attention to me i think she would respond man i think that you know she takes it she takes a vindictive approach to those things and she will not let herself be disrespected. you know and then i just have to make it up to her you know hey i'm just saying <laughs> 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 like right wouldn't she just be like oh but Lori, I just I gotta make it up to you. See, I knew, I knew in the bottom of my heart, you probably got a million guys talking about, oh, Lori, this Lori, that blah blah blah. You're so fantastic, you're so pretty, you're so smart. But I had to get your attention with, what the fuck you talking about? You Asian? You don't look Asian? She'd be like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I'd be like, listen, I just wanted to get your attention. To be honest with you, blah blah blah. I knew I would have no chance, and you know, I'd have to hit her with the lie. I would have to hit her with the lie first, and then the truth. How about that? You know, that's that would be my approach. That's the internet way. That's the troll handbook that. Oh, is that what it is? man? uh, See, but I'm thinking that's the only thing that would work. I mean, yo, if anybody wants to correct my ass, ladies, especially the ladies, please call in and let me know how your dating life is.
1: Yes. Call in. Let us know. We want to hear all that
0: boring shit or exciting shit, depending on how you got it. Oh, I'm sure it's exciting. See, I'm surprised we find it. That's why there were no women on Anchor, Duan. <laughs> 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 they fighting off all the guys. You know this is true. Right. So uh, I- I'm actually glad to see the ladies here. Um, what else we got going on on Anchor? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, talk about uh, social media in general. I mean, I love when an app goes, um, you know, gets the melin. Oh, up. yeah. You know it's on fire, so that's definitely a good thing. I'm, I'm actually super excited about that. You know, um, hey, you know, that's, that's what we're looking for, to, to, to be honest with you. I am so happy uh, about the way things are uh, shaping up, uh, new people we're meeting, and hopefully we have a lot of call-ins with anything that's on anybody's mind, because I am ready and able and excited to listen.
1: Exactly, as am I. And Mo Mac, I think we broke the record today for our podcast.
0: Oh my God, yeah. You know what? I just, and I needed to shut up because there's so much more that I wanted to say, but you know what? We can save it for next time. Hopefully, people keep on listening. I am uh, super happy that we've done it so much, Duan. So, anybody out there that wants to share social media, hit us, hit that, you know, share button, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Yes. Do it. Yes. Do it. And definitely call in because I'm excited to get your opinion on anything we discussed. Yeah. Well wait, discuss is was that English? Discussed. Yeah, yeah, that's English. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to check myself. <laughs> Cause I thought I said disgust, like I'm disgusted, but no. I'm talking about stuff we discussed. I still can't say it right. Fuck it, man. I'll let you do the outro.
1: Everybody, thank you for listening. We have it. This is that jam-packed episode. Y'all y'all gonna love this when you hear it, but I am the one and only, Mo Mac Attack, we out here.
0: Peace.